Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hello there, fellow Culturati, and Happy New Year! Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Oh boy, doesn't that feel good? It feels good to say Happy New Year, and it feels good to say goodbye to 2020. (laughs) Not that we will see an immediate difference, and yes, we still have a ways to go, but... With a new calendar year, it feels hopeful and promising that we are at least on the road to rebounding. We've got vaccines that will become a factor in our move towards greatly reducing the virus's infection rate and eventually eliminating the virus or its severity altogether. We're having a lot of fun and sharing on social media. So be sure to sign up for our newsletter, connect with us on social media and join the Travel Club. Now you can do it all at TravelingCulturati.com. Today, executive producer Jean Harley is joining me and we're looking ahead to what travel will look like in 2021, including where to go, where Americans can travel to, protocols, processes, procedures, and what types of travel we will look to take. Jean, Happy New Year to you, and thank you so much for joining me today. Happy New Year to you, Javon. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Good to be anywhere after 2020, huh? (laughs) That is certainly true. We'll also have Javon's Travel Minute and the Culture Report. Let's get into some travel news. Airlines are urging the White House to require testing for travelers instead of travel bans. Now, this is coming from the advocate group Airlines for America, and it represents the major U.S. airlines called on Trump to implement a global program to require testing for travelers into the United States in order to control the spread of COVID-19. The group wrote a letter to Vice President Pence on Monday supporting a Centers for Disease Control Prevention and proposal to adopt a global testing program. And they also supported rescinding current entry restrictions on travelers from Europe, the United Kingdom, and Brazil. So what do you think about that? I think this is an excellent step. I think it's something that we should have been looking at a long time ago, and it should be reciprocal in the sense that if you're going to be traveling internationally, you should have a COVID test before you go to any destination. It makes all of us feel better, and it also opens lines for people to travel again. Yes, well, since March, travelers from Europe and other countries are not allowed to enter the United States, but the ban does not apply to returning U.S. citizens, just basically keeping control of the numbers. And all travelers arriving to the U.S. from the United Kingdom are required to test negative for COVID-19 before departure. But they're also advocating for support in those efforts because, as we know, the COVID tests are not free. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, they're not cheap. It really depends sometimes if you have the health insurance or not, or just the funds to pay for it. It's where you are and where you're going. But if you're willing to travel, the cost of 50, 60, up to $150 should be built into the fact that you're in there. We have taxes and other things that are required and vaccinations are required. 
as you well know, many travelers who've been on trips we've done internationally have spent upwards of $800 to get vaccinations to go to some destinations. Yeah, that's very true. Actually, the only required vaccination right now is yellow fever. All others are recommended, highly recommended, but a lot of people do take them. And as you said, some people have spent upwards of $1,000 because each vaccination is anywhere from 100 to $200. And in most cases, it's not covered by health insurance. Airlines are actually taking measures into their own hands, like American Airlines. They announced last month that they will sell at-home coronavirus tests to passengers who are traveling to a city, state, or territory with COVID-19 travel restrictions. And when we say travel restrictions, we mean that you either have to provide a COVID-free test or you have to quarantine. Yeah, and that's true. And that's become a big thing because a lot of places, 14-day quarantine is just too much unless you're going for a long term or you're returning home. To quarantine for 14 days is longer than the average American vacation time. Yes, and again, quoting Airlines for America, they have joined other major travel industry groups to call for their administration to establish a globally accepted framework. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing this since September, actually, but they're really pushing for it a lot more now. Well, the um, biggest complaint or the biggest issue is that testing is still not readily available to most travelers and most people in the United States. And this means that basically it's being put on the airlines, the airports, and destinations to test Americans. And if we do testing going before we come in or before we go out based on which countries you have the agreement with, you create a bubble and a protection to make sure that everybody on the plane and everybody at the destination arriving is safe. The groups are suggesting a testing pilot program between the U.S. and either Europe, Canada, or the Pacific, and asked that the government partner with the industry on new concepts for airports and airlines, like, as you mentioned, those bubbles that the sports industry and different leagues have adapted and are working quite well, depending on how tight the bubble is. We all know from the past NFL occurrences that sometimes that bubble is breached. Let's talk about what's actually happening in 2021. Amidst it all, there are some hotel openings and there are other things that have been opening in 2021 and some that tried to open in 2020 or did open in 2020, but with very little fanfare because of the coronavirus. But 10 new luxury hotels are opening in 2020 and I'm really excited about them, especially the destinations because some of these destinations I've been to and they could really use some nice luxury brands or in addition to them. This is a great opportunity. At the same time, people look at it and say, who would be opening or building a hotel with all this going on? Keeping in mind that just a year ago, we didn't even know what this was. We barely understood what was going on and we could not see a pandemic coming. So these hotels were all being built or were completed. And the fact that they're opening now to the general public in 2021, means that they were ready and that they are looking forward to a second quarter, third quarter when America starts traveling again. Absolutely. And like you said, construction takes some time. So these properties have been under construction for the last two to three, in some cases, longer than that. Yeah. So let's talk about them. In New York, I'm excited about this. The Amman, New York, in New York City. And it's a hotel that will have 83 guest rooms and suites. I love a boutique hotel. And they're going to have 
a nearly 25,000 square foot Amman spa. So when you consider that, you're talking about a boutique hotel that's taking up quite a bit of space just for a spa. So that kind of gives you an idea of the feel of the hotel. And they're going to have two Banya and Haman spa houses. Mm -hmm. You know I love spas. Haman. Oh my goodness. The time I did Haman in both Turkey and India. So when you walk into a Haman, you have marble slats, marble seating areas that are warmed, and it's just a whole immersive spa experience. So, wow. I'm looking forward to that. They're also going to have a fine dining Japanese restaurant and a jazz club. That's going to open in spring of 2021. What else is on the list, Gene? The Woodward Hotel, which is opening in Geneva, Switzerland. It's going to be on the shores of Lake Geneva. This is a place that we visited before with panoramic views of Mont Blanc. It was originally built in 1901, and it's been around its 26 suites. Signature flourishes, including marble fireplaces and bookcases. 21 suites will have a full lake view. So basically almost all the units but five will have a beautiful lake view of Lake Geneva. It's going to have fine dining, ivory tones, presidential suite, royal suites, private lifts and private elevators. It's going to look like the Parisian apartments that you know from the 18th and 19th century. So it's going to have a great restaurant and it's going to have a lot of activities, including a 1200 square meter spa by Maison Guerlain. So that's going to be quite the nice Edition, and that's going to open in spring of 2021. Yeah, and what I love about a lot of these is that they are luxury boutique hotels. They're not big, they're just beautiful. <laughs> exactly. Mandarin Oriental Ritz in Madrid, Spain. I'll have to take a look into that one as we have Madrid on our upcoming travel list. So definitely that one is going to open March 2021. We have the Montage Big Sky in Montana. Actually a lot of talk and activity going to areas like Montana, going to the national parks and so forth. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. That one's going to open in the winter of 2021. So great ski in and ski out access. The resort will feature 150 rooms and suites and also 39 montage residences. So And a um, golf course for the yeah. non-winter sports activities too. So it's going to be a Tom Weisskopf designed golf course, 18 holes. Wow. And Resorts World Las Vegas. Yes, Las Vegas is getting a new hotel, $4.3 <laughs> billion dollar resort. And it'll comprise of three Hilton's premium brands, Hilton Hotels and Resorts, LXR, and Conrad. It's going now, to be small, only 3,500 rooms. <laughs> three, say. five, zero, zero rooms. Yeah, not a boutique hotel. Yeah. And a 5,000 seat theater for entertainment and activities. It's the former Stardust resort and casino. The Pendry, Chicago, woo woo for Chicago. <laughs> it's also part of the Montage Hotels and Resorts. So I'm looking forward to that. It's the Burnham Brothers iconic Art Deco landmark. And it looks like a champagne bottle because the top of the building is gold. Again, not a boutique hotel, 364 guest rooms. That's going to open in spring 2021. We have Six Senses, Rome, Italy. And it's going to be housed within an 18th century Palazzo Salviati 
in the center of the city. Wow. And that's going to open in late 2021. The St. Regis Bermuda Resort in Bermuda. 97 guest rooms and 25 suites opening in April 2021. The Waldorf Astoria Cancun. Lots of folks are going to Mexico and have been going to Mexico in 2020. That's going to open in late 2021. And then the Chatwell Lodge in New York, sister property to the Manhattan Original Hotelier, Mr. St. Singh Chatwall, and he's introducing his luxury retreat in the Catskills, another place that people have really been going to. That's going to open in April of 2021. Now, IATA is slamming Canada. IATA, again, is the International Air Transport Association, and they have joined local airlines in slamming Canada because of a new rule about all inbound passengers having to be tested before departure. Now, you may be saying a lot of countries are doing that, but they are also requiring the quarantine rule. And the real ID is yet again a real thing. <laughs> Passed by Congress in 2005, enacted the 9-11 Commission's recommendation that federal government set standards for issuance of sources of identification, such as a driver's license. And so the real ID is more tamper-proof. It was supposed to go into effect October 2020, but COVID happened. So 2021 is the date. <laughs> Yet again. We'll see. <laughs> now, we're going to be talking in the next segment about what travel will look like in 2021. And really, we're vacation starved. We're travel starved. So we are definitely looking forward to that. And that's all we've got for travel news. When we come back, we'll have Javon's Travel Minute. And Jean Harley will stay with me as we explore what's in store for 2021. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you visit the website, travelingculturati.com, and connect with me on social media and join the Travel Club. And now, Javon's Travel Minute. Epidemiologist looks to the past to predict second post-pandemic Roaring Twenties. The Roaring Twenties refers to the decade of the 1920s in Western society and Western culture. It was a period of economic prosperity with a distinctive cultural edge in the United States and Europe, particularly in major cities like Berlin, Chicago, London, Los Angeles, New York City, Paris, and Sydney. In France, the decade was known as the crazy years, <laughs> emphasizing the artistic and cultural dynamism. Jazz blossomed, the flapper redefined the modern look for British and American women, and Art Deco peaked, one of my favorite art looks. The social and cultural aspects of the Roaring Twenties began and spread widely in the aftermath of World War I and the 1918 pandemic. Fast forward to 2020 and Yale professor and social epidemiologist Dr. Nicholas Christakis 
predicts millions will seek out extensive social interactions to make up for lost time. Dr. Nicholas Kritakis says once pandemics end, often there's a period in which people seek out extensive social interactions. In today's term, it can be referred to as hashtag YOLO due to hashtag FOMO. You only live once due to fear of missing out. When this will occur is yet to be determined. It could be late 2021, but most predict it will be mid to late 2022. Some of it can already be seen by the number of travel reservations that are being made for 2022. All in all, it will happen, and not so much in the seedy way, but with the basic social interactions we've been missing, especially with our parents and grandparents. Being able to touch one another, and of course, we're also ready to let our hair down, go to bars, restaurants, and have large social gatherings. Certainly for me, I've realized that I put off my personal travel agendas because I put my business first, and that is going to change. I'm already planning getaways with my girl squad to places that have been on my list for quite some time. Why? Because YOLO <laughs> and FOMO. <laughs> this is Javon, and that was your travel minute. So what say you, Gene? Do you have some FOMO? No, but I can understand what people are talking about, what they're feeling. I think the situation of the roaring 20s of the 1920s truly was tied into the pandemic of 1918. And I think we're going to see the same thing. But like you said, perhaps more of an instance of trying to enjoy those things that we weren't able to do and getting past the fear that if we don't do these things, you may not have another instance for it. We're going to try to enjoy ourselves. It's not like it's the end of the world, but like we can go ahead and get past the bent up lockdown. Yes, in the 1920s, they were dealing with the aftermath of World War One mm -hmm. and the 1918 pandemic. And remember, sure. that was also a time when new technology hit the scene. And, uh, and people were for the first time it been traveling around the world. Yeah. I mean, we had millions of people who fought in the war and people who met folks from different places all around the world and they wanted to explore more, not just the African American soldiers who came back from World War 1, but soldiers and troops from India, Africa. People met folks from all around the world and they wanted to see more and like you said, the technology was there for us to go and visit these places. Yes. Well, Gene and I are looking ahead to what travel will look like in 2021, including where to go, where Americans can travel to, protocols, processes, and procedures, and what types of travel we will look to take. So let's start off, Gene, with some of the travel trends for 2021. And again, this is really related to the Roaring Twenties. We can call the whole decade the Roaring Twenties. Well, one thing that is certainly going to happen is what is called vaccinations. And this is really related to the promise of the vaccine. It won't be till late, late spring or early summer that the general population in the order in which we're all selected and will be able to get the vaccine. But certainly the hopes is by the end of the year, we will have the percentage of vaccinations where we can start to get back to normal. Yeah, you'll see by the second and third quarter of 2021, 
an increase in bookings and people are doing their research now looking at destinations they want to go to with a strong resurgence of travel back to the pre-pandemic levels probably by the early part of 2022 but like i said people are looking now with the vaccines out there and yes there's 15 million vaccination doses available 5 million people as of the time of this broadcast have been vaccinated, but they're looking at a million vaccinations a day going forward. So by the second quarter of 2021, and this is going on worldwide, you should see an increase in travel. Yes, and I think there will be some individuals who are apprehensive about it now, who will be more comfortable with getting a vaccination later. And of course, we're going to have some who will not want to get the vaccine, and that is not going to change for them. But people certainly are booking vacations and planning vacations based on the vaccination or the vaccine being available. Mm -hmm. Of a better day. Absolutely. And that's Mm -hmm. happening globally. But what you will also face, and I really think, this is my own prediction, is that it will become a thing to travel globally that countries will require that vaccination. And if they don't require it, it will be amongst a list of things that you have to check off at least one or two of. So the COVID test will be one of them as it is now. And then the vaccination may be another one. So that may mean that you can travel more freely if you have that vaccination and that'll become part of your passport, your health card, your yellow card, and so forth. And they're looking to digitize that as well. Yeah, the electronic version of the International Certificate of Vaccination, or the yellow card as we call it, from yellow fever, will be probably checked at every destination when you travel going forward. But an electronic version of it's going to be out there. I think you'll be looking at a combination of having pre-trip testing and vaccination going forward. Travel with a purpose is going to be another trend. And I mean, we've been traveling for for quite some time. And last year, traveling for self-care was on the list when I did the what to expect in 2020. Self-care travel was one of the things. But I think that in that same vein, traveling with a purpose is going to be something that we're really going to look for and really planning out our trips and whether it's going to be an immersive cultural experience, which I love, self-care, maybe even that bucket list item that you've been putting off. Again, FOMO. It's like I've been planning and saving and wishing for this bucket list trip. Yeah, the someday trips. Someday we'll go there. No, I think that's so true. I think that a lot of travelers are going to be looking in the next couple of years starting with the spring of 2021 at destinations that they may have put off off the beaten path perhaps staying away from the big cities and going to some of the destinations like you see people going to the arctic or antarctica small mediterranean locations places like croatia cruises down to the asian islands and places like that in the philippines the islands instead of the big city fiji tahiti these places that are not crowded yes and Road trips. Road trips kind of made a comeback in 2020 as, you know, some of the restrictions eased, especially in the summer. People were spending more time outdoors, and I think that will continue. I think the national parks are going to be a big part of travel and will get the boost that they have so often looked for. And, you know, talking about national parks, there are 
some free days throughout the year if you want to take a look at them. So those free days for the National Park Service in 2021, January 18th, that's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And I have to let you know that there are a lot of historic sites throughout the national parks and a lot of black history sites throughout the national parks. April 17th is the first day of National Park Week. Mm -hmm. And August 4th, one year anniversary of the Great American Outdoors Act. And August 25, National Park Service birthday, September 25, National Public Lands Day, and November 11th, which is Veterans Day. So those are the days that you can go to the park fee free. And that's a lot of national parks, and that's taking you into the great outdoors. Social distancing is very easily done in those circumstances, except on the most crowded days. And you combine it with a road trip and also with perhaps a small lodge or Airbnb or someplace like that so that you can enjoy the great outdoors and have less restrictions. Yes. You know what's interesting? Sad cruisers or cruise lines are reporting strong bookings for 2021 and 2022. Remember, cruises book two years out in a lot of cases. And so they're finding that those bookings are very, very strong. And there have been cruises operating in other places, just not here in the United States, but that will soon change. And again, going back to the vaccination, that will certainly help that. Now, NerdWallet, they've also published some travel trends for 2021. And They're saying that many are looking for international and luxury destinations. I find that to be true as well. I think people are saying, you know what, restrict myself to this major budget. And of course, everybody's doing it in the way that they can do it. But luxury is on the list. Travel spending Mm -hmm. is a top priority. And people are looking at those vacation budgets and those vacation funds that they've been saving. Yeah, and you had right on a point. They were saving them. Not only were they saving the money for that vacation or dream vacation, they saved the vacation time wasn't used. So when you look at some of the surveys, American Express did a survey of 2,000 households with incomes individual of over 70,000 and found that travel will be one of their top purchases for 2021, with up to 22% of people saying that's going to be their number one purchase in 2021. Yeah, and because so many people did short weekends in 2020 due to the pandemic, of course, 2021 and 2022 will see much longer trips. Mm -hmm. Longer trips to further off destinations, longer haul destinations. In the past, 80% of the trips booked in 2019 were international. Yes. Going into 2021, 91% are looked at to be international and people are looking and booking now. Now, certainly some will still want to stay home, but being able to go out more freely. So this time when we're talking about in 2021, as we get past the winter, especially people are going to venture out more, going to their favorite restaurants that were off limits for a large part of 2020. 
and experiencing just some of those local jaunts. I think that people are really going to look forward to. And, you know, even with the comfort of being able to come back home. And so really compartmentalizing it for those who really aren't going to be as comfortable yet with hitting the road. It's going to be gradual. It's going to be a transition. So we're going from looking at the fact that we may only have to do this a few more months to the fact that gradually we'll be able to Go out and so you buy yourself some gift cards and some good wine and enjoy things at home on videos and books and online. But soon you can, like you said, go to some nice restaurants, go out someplace close by to a museum, to a jazz club, to some of those activities. Maybe even stay at a bed and breakfast in your own area just for the weekend. Those will be the gradual transition as we get into domestic and international travel again. Yes, those things especially that were off limits for the large part of 2020. And, you know, a lot of domestic destinations are really these places that aren't talked about as much. One very interesting that's on a lot of lists is Utah's Rocky Mountains. And I really think this has a lot to do with the launch of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. (laughs) Salt Lake City's newly renovated international airport, gateway to not less than 11 resorts, and driving is always an option as well. Skiing is a big thing in Salt Lake City, and I have to add, these women are very interesting, colorful folks, but it certainly has brought attention to Salt Lake City. And the Powder Mountain and Park City Mountain and the ski resorts there certainly has made it a place that you want to go. And one of my favorites, you know, is Napa and Sonoma. That's not going to change. That's on the list every year, and we know why. I certainly went in November of 2019 and had planned to go back sometime in 2020. But yes, Napa and Sonoma will certainly be on the list. So there's a lot of other destinations that are in there. There's a lot of places along the Great Lakes that are easy to get to domestically, and it can be done as road trips. And there's a lot of great sites along there. Some great national parks are available. The boundary between Canada and the United States, it's a lot of vistas and beautiful views that are available. And many places in Minnesota and Michigan rival some of the views of the sands that you would see in California. So it's a great destination too. It is. Two of the ones on my list would be the Great Lakes. I've said that since I moved to Chicago and learned so much more and live right on one of the Great Lakes that I wanted to explore the Great Lakes a bit more. Beautiful scenery and lots of history along the Great Lakes. But you know, Jean, we've been here 21 years now and I never made it. So definitely want to do that. And also what's on my list is I have to get to Prince's place in Minneapolis. Another one on my list as well is New Mexico. New Mexico, I've always been fascinated with. And again, it's been on my list for quite some time and I've always just put it off, but no more. New Mexico is wildlife, it's history, it's native heritage, and it has so many things and wonderful spa resorts as well. 
So these are some great domestic destinations and one that my girl squad has already talked about and we're planning as soon as we can all clear our schedules and go is Miami, Florida and staying at some of the fantastic hotels there. One which is the One Hotel South Beach. I have to talk about that hotel because it really is a foodie hotel, but it's South Beach. And again, when we thought of a place where we could go and have big fun and stay in a small radius in order to accomplish that and to be able to go and walk around and just have fun and explore food and culture, we thought about Miami. Miami is an excellent destination and it's recognized worldwide as one of the best cities and beach locations. So it's a great time to be done domestically. I am definitely ready to go back to New York. I had two trips that I wanted to do back to New York that didn't happen. One was to the U.S. Open that I've gone to before. And another one was a champagne event that was supposed to happen in June. One of my favorite champagnes that I didn't get a chance to go to. So I'm definitely looking forward to what New York has in store for 2021. Yeah, and actually, when you think of New York, think of outside of just Manhattan. There's some great destinations and places to stay in Brooklyn, going over to Long Island and other places. But so many restaurants were closed down, and hopefully many will reopen, and New York will be rejuvenated in 2021 by the second and third quarter. Yeah, when you talk about places outside of New York City, the Empire State Trail out of the city is a 750-mile route, and it's America's longest state trail and it winds all the way up to the Canadian border. So there's some beautiful landscapes and you're talking about the Catskills and we just talked about a brand new luxury hotel that's gonna be opening in 2021 as well. So lots of great things for New York and I am eager to get back Nashville and I definitely want to go to the African-American Museum. music museum there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. And Nashville and the Asheville area are beautiful in the Great Smoky Mountains. There's so much to do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now on to our international destinations. The Caribbean. You know, a lot of people have been going to the Caribbean and the Caribbean has had some restrictions and limitations. So you haven't really been seeing on social media these posts of people just living it up in the Caribbean, mostly just relaxing and chilling and having a very laid back time. So we're definitely looking forward to going back to the Caribbean and being able to experience it in its full glory. Yeah, staying away from some of the bigger destinations and looking at some of the smaller ones, not just smaller, but the smaller boutique properties in some of these countries that you may not think about. Mystique and the Grenadines, for example, Turks and Caicos, St. Bart's. A lot of people know them and know them well, and that's where you really go to chill and rejuvenate. Yes, St. Lucia, for example, is Mm -hmm. another one. And Mexico, there has been a love affair with Mexico, especially the Riviera Maya, Riviera Narita in Mexico. Tulum has been huge and is really a place to explore and to get away from those overcrowded beaches of Cancun. So people are really looking to spread out in other parts of Mexico. And some great five-star deluxe accommodations like the one and only Four Seasons, St. Regis, Conrad, W Hotels, and Ritz-Carlton's are open or are opening in 2021. Yes, and some new properties that are going to come up in 2022 as well. Costa Rica, you and I had been talking about Costa Rica last year, and that was going to be one of our year-end 
programs to Costa Rica for one of those self-care retreats. Mm -hmm. And we didn't get a chance to do it. So, yes, we're going to put that back on the list. And then you have some other ones that we all know of, but going back to, like Italy. You felt like we pretty much missed all of the great Italian food and art and history that dates back to the Roman culture. But Italy is going to be back on the list in 2021 for a lot of people as Europeans and Americans spread back all across the continent. Yes. And talking about destinations where we're looking at the same continent, but looking at different destinations, Africa, I'm talking about Tanzania, Kenya, and Ghana. You know, 2019 was the year of the return for Ghana. And a lot of people had made plans to go in 2020 and Ghana will be coming up again later as well. But Tanzania and East Africa has gotten some of those beautiful resorts that they have in South Africa. One of the lures of South Africa is because of so many things South Africa has to offer. And one of those are the fabulous safari lodges, and they are now available in East Africa, Kenya, and Tanzania as well. You can see the great migration, but at the same time, Tanzania and other countries in East Africa offer beautiful beaches on the Indian Ocean. Southeast Asia is a destination that's going to be booming. One reason for that is the movie Crazy Rich Asians. I love that movie. Mm -hmm. I've seen it several times, but it has really given Southeast Asia a boost. Thailand and, of course, beyond Thailand. Lots of history, lots of culture. If you've been to China and you've been to Japan, Southeast Asia is very different. Yeah, it truly is. It's more of an exotic feel when you go to Southeast Asia. But you get that modern one, so you're talking about crazy rich Asians in Singapore, and that's one of the top cities in the world rivaling Hong Kong and Tokyo in its nature and its diversity. But then you have some great history in Cambodia and Vietnam in Thailand and all these other places too. Well, let's talk about our trip list. And we have been curating some destinations during 2020. And we've also conducted a travel webinar series, which we've now adopted as part of our regular program. So we will resume our travel webinar series this month, later on this month. But some of the ones that we've already done are related to destinations that we will go to in 2021. Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, specifically for the 100th anniversary of the race massacre and the demise of Black Wall Street, one of the wealthiest black towns in America. Yeah, Tulsa's 100th anniversary of the race massacre is still taking place in 2021. And that's going to be a great opportunity for us to go down there. And we're looking forward to that trip and exploring the history and the modern aspects of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes, actually, the trip will be posted to the website within a week. So you can just check it out and see what we have going on. The events actually took place May 31st over the entire day and into June 1st. So those are the dates of the actual anniversary. And we will be there during that time. Another fabulous webinar we did was on Spain. We did two parts of Spain. We did destinations like Madrid. We did destinations like Sevilla and Barcelona. These are the destinations that we're going to visit. But we had a part two 
that looked into the black history of Spain. And yes, that connection of the transatlantic slave trade. Remember, Portugal and Spain were the first two nations that were part of the transatlantic slave trade. And while you don't have as many references in Spain that you have in maybe England, and then of course where the slave trade transported to, the history is there. And it's not just about the transatlantic slave trade, also about the time period where the Moors ruled. So we did that in two parts and our trip will be reflective of that. We're talking about fall of 2021, October of 2021. Croatia is another one that we're looking to, small ship cruising to a fabulous destination. Yeah, this is something that we started doing a few years ago where we charter an entire ship and just us and our closest number of friends who are following us get to join us on a cruise among the Croatian cities and islands from the ship itself. It'll be chartered, be full service, a great opportunity for you to see all the major sites. And we'll set our own itinerary. And this is something we're looking at in the second quarter of 2021. Yes, Adriatic Sea, Mediterranean cuisine. Croatia is so much more than you think it is. And one of our self-care or our recalibration trips, and I had them on our show last year, they were to launch, they have delayed it, but we're definitely looking forward to their new launch, and that is Camp Bespoke. Offers privacy, It's owned by nurses. It is a glamping site. And I am really looking forward to experiencing that as well. So those are just some of the ones that we're working on. And we're working on some more for 2022, of course. And we're looking forward to reigniting travel. When we come back, we're going to have the culture report. We're talking about how the new year is celebrated, how it's brought in, and we have some messages from some of our global partners. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm Javon Harley, your host and travel pro. Head on over to the website, travelingculturati.com and check it out. While you're there, follow us on social media and join the Travel Club. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born from the arts, music, food, and sometimes politics and strife. This is the Culture Report on New Year traditions and some New Year wishes from our partners from around the globe. Hi, I'm Nora from Eurotour DMC Argentina. I wanted to wish you a Feliz Año Nuevo and also take this opportunity to share some of our local customs for New Year. One, we eat 12 raisins, making a wish for each raisin and to have a sweet year. Two, we wear pink underwear to attract good luck or red for love. Three, we dress all in white. Four, fireworks. It's a custom for both Christmas and New Year to light fireworks, as if it were the 4th of July. I'm Thais from Liberty Latin America. In Brazil, we all wear a white outfit to celebrate the New Year's Eve. Feliz Ano Novo! Namaste. Aap sabko navarsh ki shubkamnaye. 
Happy New Year from all of us in India. While we celebrate New Year's on 31st of December, pretty much the same way as the rest of the world, we also celebrate New Year's according to the Hindu lunar calendar. This falls mid-April every year. These celebrations include beautiful dances which are performed specially for this day, setting up of the house, wearing new clothes, praying and feasting. Different regions celebrate it differently, but they all involve community and family. Hi, this is Alex from DT Croatia in Dubrovnik. Just like to wish all of you a happy new year, or as we like to say, Sretna Nova Godina. Buongiorno America, sono Dino Barile dalle montagne nevate della Svizzera e dalla splendida Italia. Vi giungono i migliori auguri di buon anno. Ciao amici. Dumelan, kenna Sophie Mutsuri, wa JMT Tours and Safaris, khozwamo South Africa. Re lolakaletsa masego le matlhogona lo angwaga o moshwa, mogo le masika alona. Hi, this is Sophie Mutsuri from JMT Tours and Safaris in South Africa. We wish you and your families a happy and prosperous new year. Hi, happy new year to all of you. My name is Mustafa Hassan and I am from Egypt. The new year is also celebrated in Egypt. كل عام وانتم بخير وسنة حلوة عليكم وعلى الجميع في جميع أنحاء العالم. There are many ways uh, of celebrating the new year in Egypt. Some people, they break a dish. It's a symbolic thing. The old year will take all the bad things along with this broken dish, you know, and they are hoping for a better year. Once again, happy new year. This is our first show after the new year. And so we want to talk about how we're bringing it in because yes, we're still bringing in the new year as long as it's January. You know, Jean, one of the things I realized is that December 31st, New Year's Eve, well, I've always known it's not a federal holiday, but what I found out is that it is actually a holiday in some states like Kentucky, Michigan, and Wisconsin. That's nice. And you don't think about it not being a federal holiday, but you know what? A lot of people close down business around noon and go home because they're going to be out. January 1st has to be one, but frankly, I like it best when it's a Friday because Saturday and Sunday you need to recuperate. Yes, and while each city in the United States brings in the new year with their own fanfare, I think when we think about the United States itself, the attention goes to New York. Yeah, New York City being on the East Coast is the start of the New Year's for the United States, and it also has been the main part of celebration all around the world for a lot of people. It's really interesting that people on the West Coast want to celebrate it New York time. <laughs> That's true. We did our own New Year's Eve celebration virtually with family members all across the United States, New York, here in Chicago, of course, and then in Los Angeles. And we all did center it around the ball drop in New York. That ball is made of crystal and electric lights and is placed on top of a pole, which is 77 feet or 23 meters high. And at one minute before midnight on December 31st, the ball is lowered slowly down the pole and it comes to rest at the bottom of the pole at exactly midnight. And the event is shown, of course, on television this year we had the two Andes. I think last year we had the two Andes as well. But this event has been held every year since 1907, except during World War II. So let's talk about some of our traditions, Jean. I think 
Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, Black Eyed Peas is one that a lot of people know. And for a great extent, a lot of people thought it was just a African-American one. But it's really done in a lot of places around the world. There's a lot of reasons why the association with good luck on New Year's Day is there. But having Black Eyed Peas on New Year's Day is something that a lot of people have built into their system. One of the theories anchors around the tradition of the Civil War when Union soldiers raided Confederate Army food supplies and they only left behind the Black Eyed Peas. And it's really interesting because in the African-American community, the freed slaves and all blacks, that's what we had. We only had the Black Eyed Peas and some of those other items, the ham and the greens. And the January 1863 Emancipation Proclamation was celebrated with dishes made of black eyed peas, one of the few foods, as you mentioned, that were available. But there are some other theories that date back based on the reputation of luck, and it can be traced back to ancient Egypt, suggesting that eating the pea, a vegetable readily available to even the poorest, was a way to show humility to the gods. And then there's some others that say that black eye is kind of resembles a coin. Eye of Horus or yeah, coin. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yes, our household, we always make sure that we have a pot of black-eyed peas. And the recipes vary. And if you have a good Southern black-eyed pea recipe, you're in good company. However, I have to tell you, Jean, I came across a recipe from Marcus Samuelson that incorporates the spice and then also coconut milk. Now, I cook my red beans with coconut milk, and I had never thought about cooking my black eyed peas with coconut milk. So I definitely want to try that. And I'm going to extend our black eyed peas and uh, make another batch. I think we can go into February, maybe. We we need all the luck we can get. So we're going to have different recipes every week of black eyed peas going forward. Yes, ham is another holiday centerpiece and tradition. And so pork is a New Year's tradition that first has to do with the way pigs, as opposed to other animals, behave. So according to some theorists, while chickens and turkeys scratch backward, a pig buries his snout into the ground and moves forward, forward yes. in the same direction you want to head in the new year. Another reason is logistics. Pigs are traditionally slaughtered in late fall, which made pork an ideal choice to set aside for celebrating the new year. And then it has some roots in some immigrants as well, as far as Oh, in Europe, I mean, eating it with cabbage and other things like that. But pork is seen as an item even in the Far East, in Asian cultures, as a item that is eaten with the meal. So it's a good one, too. If you're cooking black-eyed peas, what naturally goes hand-in-hand, especially in African-American households, greens. Now, greens have come a long, long way. I know back in the day, it was primarily collard greens. And then, of course, kale is another popular favorite. And there's so many different varieties of kale now. But some of the traditional greens, one, collard. Mm -hmm. Yes. Two, kale. Mm -hmm. The curly leaf kale, not these new hybrid kales, but the curly leaf kale that's really kind of thick. And that's why we always had to cook it a long time along with collard leaves. Those leaves were often very, very thick and tough, but also turnip. And 
Greens are green, and that symbolizes money. So you want wealth, health, and other things coming into New Year. And we learned on our early trips to Africa that the green tradition goes back in Africa thousands of years. And it does in Europe, where people were hanging greens on the door to get rid of evil spirits. Yes, again, those southern roots Mm -hmm. that are closely related to African-American history and some of the traditions that African-Americans brought with them from Africa. And then there's the king cake. Now, we may think about the king cake for Mardi Gras, and yes, that is true, but it starts off the new year with the king cake, especially Louisianians. That's that ring cake that has a plastic baby hidden inside and the lucky person who finds the trinket is king or queen for the day. And then that is carried through to Fat Tuesday. Now, they typically start eating it on January 6th, known as Twelfth Night or Epiphany, the Catholic celebration of Magi's yeah, the, gifts. The wise men, the 12 wise men. To the baby Magi Jesus. Magi. Gifted baby Jesus. And then 12 days later, which falls on January 6th, enjoying this cake. And in different cultures, it may have the baby or it may have a coin or it may have some other item that's just, again, looking at good luck. Now, certainly here in the United States, we have the staples, which are black eyed peas and greens, and that can be found in any household. But then there are some regional favorites and traditions. Like in your family, your dad always did crab cakes. Yeah. Yeah, crab cakes. If you're in the East Coast, especially in the Chesapeake region, Maryland, Virginia, to Delmarva, you're basically looking at crab cakes as being a tradition to kick off the new year. And I'm not going to say the crab has any special meaning in there, but the whole point is you would have crab cakes with our tradition. It's just a regional difference and fair. And your Aunt Jewel in New York, pig feet. Now, pig feet, it's not ham, but it is pork. Yeah, and it's part of the tradition, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so pig feet or pig knuckles. And what she says is that the recipe she got from her mother, and her mother got the recipe from her mother, but what she has done is... uh, Jazzed it up. Frenchified (laughs) it, as she calls it, with some cognac and grand marnier. Frenchified it. Yes, I think I'd have to try that. She used to be part of a cooking club. Mm-hmm. And she got she that from our my great-grandmother, Ursa Ricks. But no, she changed the direction of it. New Yorkified it, as we might say, <laughs> in there with the pig's feet. I still remember seeing pickled pig's feet as a child. And that was a big thing among my southern family. Yes, it was. Well, we all look forward to those traditions. And I think we're going to carry them out throughout the entire month of January and maybe into February as we rebound and recover from 2020 and moving forward in 2021. We're going to do everything that we can to improve upon the year of 2020. So again, Happy New Year to you. Well, that's it for the show today. Wherever you go, go with all your heart. Confucius. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit travelingculturati.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen,